0: Guys on episodes like today, they require a lot of research on my end. All right. And I'm happy to do that research because I like making sure that the content presented is the best possible. I could pitch it to sporting directors of clubs being like, I've done the work for you. Here it is. All right. You can take my word for that. And so when I tell you by the, the same man, the state with the same research, the same skills that Elmont YouthSoccer.com is the best website on planet earth. I'm not lying. I've done the research guys. It, there is nothing like it. When you go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com, you can start assembling your very own Jersey wall collection. The more you purchase, the cheaper it becomes per unit. And then at checkout, you enter the promo code TJW10, which saves you 10% on your order. Dude, there isn't better That's business than that in the true. whole of the internet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can take my word for it because I've done the re- the same guy who brings you this great, researched, well-thought-out content each and every week brings you the same promo code. Guys, go to elmontyouthsoccer.com and enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout to start building your very own jersey wall collection today. Today's episode, we're going to talk about players who need transfers this summer. We hope you enjoy. I listened to last week's episode. And yeah. we sounded so sexy. We did. We had some, our, our proper phlegmy voices are now gone. And now this week we can just embrace the vibrato of the normal voice. That uh, you're, you're pulling a Chris Pratt. I guess the, no, 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 I'm, I'm, no, 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 no. Deeper. It's not like that. That is not your no, own no, voice. No. That's the broadcaster voice. That's <laughs> the, if I were, if someone were to sign me to like a broadcasting network today and they were like, all right, we need you to get the proper like radio voice going. I could do it. Right, like it's it's not really that big of a change for me. It's just it's just a slight tweak. No, you will not be taking our ship today. Thank you.
1: If you did this on live TV, I would laugh so hard, bro. You'd I would be me? one of those like callers in. Uh, no,
0: really, there's too much evidence nah, to support guy. what my normal voice sounds like. But I feel like if I did it gradually, people would just think that my voice changed over time. If I if it was from one episode <laughs> to the next, for sure. But if like if Nathan one week, started
1: smoking. literally
0: right if i lowered it one week and i was like okay i'm gonna talk here right just normal and then the week after i was just a little bit lower in here but over time i could be right here and no one would know what the hell happened unless you binge the episodes no no, i don't think they would would, bro i don't know i didn't i would need tremendous control over my voice bro if this is how we're starting the episode imagine what our pro talk is going to be guys welcome to episode number 149 of the jersey wall podcast as always i'm your host Mr. Nathan Santos, a.k.a. Master Nate, AKA, a.k.a. Coach, a.k.a. all the monikers in the world. That, with me, is Brethren, a.k.a. Mina, a.k.a. The Iron Pharaoh, a.k.a. Pharaoh. We just have a lot of monikers on this show. It is it is what it is. It's what we do. We're very creative. We're very witty. Welcome back to the program. Brethren, how's it going? It's going great.
1: Yeah. Uh, shook off the cold that I had last week
0: a uh, yep. little bit.
1: I'm still getting a little bit of congestion. It's always the worst because it lingers, but
0: everything's yeah. good. Yeah, I call it residual phlegm. Right, like doesn't matter how good you feel, it's just it'll always be there. My singing voice hasn't come back to me yet. I have phlegm at the top of my palate, at the back, right where my sinus cavity meets my throat, and I can't, I can't get rid of it. I can't. I'm right there with you. Most annoying thing in the world. Goodness me. Anyway, today I had to do a lot of research. Lucky Mina didn't have to do any research for this one because you know, on some programs, the co-host does, the host does his thing, the co-host does their thing, and then together they bring together. On this show, it's just. Nathan, do your business and me and I'll just chime in here and there. Because that's what we do. That's what I do. That's pretty much what our friendship is too. You know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things. Uh, I'm over here forking loads onto my back. You show up when you want. You leave when you want. Sometimes you're in the country. Sometimes you're out of it. Sometimes you're here, you're there. I'm just living my life. You're just living your life, bro. And here I am, Look what it's done to us. Yep. Look what it's
1: done to us. You're bald. I still have my hair. You've been That's stressing true. out so much,
0: losing all your I hair. shave this every morning, bro. And, and I'll I have you life. know. I'll have you know I shave this every morning. All right, I, know, could, I could I could hold on. Out my I could hold on. But I prefer to be bald. It's nice. All right? it's. A, I don't want to get into it. Whatever people are going to think I'm salty about it. I'm not. I shave it every morning. I'll have you know. Don't, no, don't you didn't sound salty at, at all. No, bro. it's, it's fine. You know, somebody on TikTok may mention mentioned that and they maybe it pissed me off when he said it. But when you said it, I know it's, it's all love. <laughs> with that guy... As I'm approaching 400,000 views on TikTok, which we are, by the way, we're only about hey, 20k yes, a week. No. Which means by next week we ought to have 20,000, uh, sorry, 400,000 views on TikTok. Which, again, who does the TikToks for TJW? It's your your podcast, Master Jesse Chef Nate. This is what we do, bro. This is what we do. This is the creator. That's the do. I don't even I do have anyway. TikTok. You don't. I can't even send you ones that I think are are fun to watch. No, you can repost them as Reels, which sometimes you do, and those ones. You get yeah, it all, ones you, watch.
1: you get all the freaking engagement from me
0: there. Bro, you do That's Comments, like, and you know what? Everything. You know what's interesting? You know what's cool? You know what happened this weekend? What happened? I was watching the TFC game. I know as what, happened, I always but do. Tell them
1: what
0: happened. Yeah. I was I, as I always do. I watch the TFC game. I make TikToks related to TFC. It's not the only thing I do. It's probably the only MLS content that I do find. Yeah. Right. It's talking about TFC. I might I might talk about Gareth Bale moving to LAFC here and there, right? You get your big transfers. But I'm a TFC fanboy. That's what I am. And I make it uh, a TikTok celebrating TFC going 1-0 up in the first, like, 10 minutes. Jonathan Osorio, thank you very much. And who likes this TikTok? Toronto FC. And hey. who comments on this TikTok? Toronto FC. So, like, let's go. That's you it. know, we're going to take off. And then when you see me as the face of TFC, I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to the <laughs> TikTok channel. <I'm- laughs> I'll lower the voice for it. Anyway, bro, we're hitting almost 400,000, which is crazy. That's insane what we do views i'm you know what i'm going to start taking out views likes like subscribers all of it i'm just going to start saying big numbers people are gonna like wow (laughs) they're going to think i'm talking about like followers or engagement it's like no no no. just just views views in total (laughs) see i'm smart i created a hashtag so i can always monitor how many views i have in total nobody else does that i'm different whatever guys today we got to talk about uh some players who need transfers this summer Now, the way I've approached this, for me personally, the way I've approached this, I know Mina didn't, so I'm going to tell him what I did specifically, is there's there's countless players we could do, right? Like, realistically, there are infinite amounts of players that we could say could be on the move this summer, should be on the move this summer, will be on the move this summer. There's a lot of, like, gray area when we're doing an episode like this. What I've elected to do is pick out players who I think in particular need a move. And... There are like way too many to mention, even if I narrow the scope down. So I've selected about eight with maybe two honorable mentions that we'll get to at the end. And the reason I've selected some of the ones, because I'll go, I don't know if I've put this perfectly in order of stardom, maybe, maybe not entirely, but mostly I would say it gets gradually more star power as we move up the list. I would say that the ones towards the bottom I've intentionally included as talking points because we could do some bigger names in those spots, but I feel like like there's a lot, like everybody knows those guys need to move, right? These are ones who I think might deserve a little bit more conversation. Okay. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. So before we get started, just so we can hear your voice on this channel a little bit, talk to me about what, just current events, before we even get started, just about what you think of the transfer window so far, not just for your team, but as as a whole, as the market, as the landscape shifts, what do you think about the transfer window so far and the transfers that have happened?
1: It doesn't seem like like people came out gung-ho as I expected them to. Like, some clubs have mm. done their business, but it's it's mainly Big been, time. like, a waiting game. Like, it's not been... It wasn't as crazy as last summer. You remember last summer? That was madness. This summer, it's like... I would say the summer's deals, been pretty crazy. Smart deals, good business. Um, mm. I don't think it's been, like, crazy. There hasn't been a shocking... One shocking transfer. Like right. Liverpool swept in for for Darwin Nunez. Within 48 hours, they signed him. But that's right. That's pretty much it. Like there there haven't there hasn't been a, a single transfer that's like oh. I think the most shocking thing is that Arsenal are doing business.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And and by the way, we bid farewell to the wonderful Gabriel Jesus. Mm-hmm. We wish him nothing but the best in the next chapter of his journey. Signed as a 19 year old, left as a 25 year old. Won four Premier Leagues. Won about six other trophies across the board with City. Nothing but love for him. Nice. Okay, what a baller. Well done. Um, We can do a whole episode on not just Arsenal, but as the summer progresses, we're going to do one just about who had the best window. We'll do that towards the end of the summer. I like that some teams are taking the approach to get their business done early. I, for one, am a big fan of that. Obviously, City have been doing that, and they're only going to progress in the next couple of weeks. Like, I would imagine City in the next two weeks have locked down everybody who they're looking for, and then we'll go into preseason with their full squad that will develop. Whereas, as you mentioned, some teams are taking a little bit more time and it doesn't especially bode well for them, right? Like the Chelsea's, the United's of the world, the ones who we know need massive rebuilds, the longer they wait, the further they'll be exploited on prices, I think. So yeah. not that everybody needs also, to go gun home from day one. Be. Exactly, right? So anyway, that's, a, that's an interesting point. Now, luckily, we may have mentioned some players throughout the day. We may mention some players here that could fill some of those voids. And that may be, let me see. Do I have a player with a massive price? I don't actually know if any of these would go for stupid amounts of money. Because remember, these are players who need a move, right? Yeah. Players who don't need a move are the ones who go for stupid amounts of money because you're trying to pry them away. The ones who need a move are the ones that both sides, both player and club are willing to be like, yeah, all right. I, like I can see this go, right? Yeah. And so I I guess I'll call it number eight. I'm not going to number them as they go. But the first player who I want to discuss today is a gentleman from PSV. And by the way, the other thing I should mention here is I'm not going to talk about players who I always talk about on the show. I've, I've tried to explore some different <laughs> names here because I'm not just going to revisit the list of like young players who are ready to take the next step or like yeah. players who, who different clubs should sign. I've, I've intentionally left those players out as well, All right. The first name, Ibrahim Sangare from PSV, all right? The 24-year-old defensive midfielder. Now, mm-hmm. Opta statistics love this guy. Like if you're playing, if you're doing the money ball approach, this is a player you want to invest in, all right? He's not super high profile. And the reason that I think he needs a move is so that he can become more high profile because I think he's doing fantastic work and the work that he's doing and the physicality that he has and the attributes that he has mean that he can be a tremendous success if placed at the right team in the right system. And I think the the, the teams who will be looking for them are ones who play a system that would favor him, right? Okay. He's a massive player. Like, he's a big, big boy. He's, he's I think, 191 centimeters, which is, what, 6'3", at least? 191. Yeah. Big boy. Big boy, right?
1: So, I'd say, like, 6'3", 200
0: pounds. Like, he's a proper number six, but, like, a physical one, right? Yeah. That uh, It won't surprise you that his best attributes include um, his duels, both aerially and in the board. Like, it's hard to get past him. His tackling, his passing range in terms of short passing like he's not one to necessarily spray the long balls but he's looking to make interceptions and then move the ball around his interceptions he loves to tackle he loves to play short he's a proper number 6 and statistically he's one of the best in Europe right now obviously you can say he's playing a very technical at, you know outside league. of right but he's playing outside of Europe's top 5 leagues so the fact that he's not playing on the biggest of stages i actually think bodes well for him because It's not like you're looking at a Wilfred Ndidi character who's saying, okay, well, this is going to be massive money across the Premier League. You're looking at a player who's 24 playing in, what, the seventh best league in Europe and at the top end of it, who now can, if a big team were to pick him up, I think they'd be smart too because if they don't and one of those like mid-level teams picks him up, then we could be looking at another Ndidi situation where he's going to be worth two to three times what whatever the next club that purchases him will and then he's going to be impossible to move on at that point. Right. Like Wilfred and Didi, I don't have on this list. Right. He might be one of the honorable mentions we can talk about at the end. But Sangari is a player who you're like, yeah, you know what? Get him now, because in two seasons, he's going to be 26. and He's going to be worth 60, 70 mil. And you're going to wish you had bought him back then. Right. This is a player who's been linked to United, where I have his destination written here as and I've tried to pick one ideal destination for every player rather than a bunch. I've pegged him to United, first and foremost. I like the rumor. I think it makes a lot of sense, and I don't think there's a whole lot of point to pitch him. Like, we know what United need. United need right. a six of this profile. Any so six, I think it just makes honestly, sense to any say, six will probably
1: be linked to United. It, it, literally,
0: all of the sixes, and <clears> I think he's one of the better ones.
1: Frankie De Jong. Like, you need that kind of right. player to offset. Um, exactly. You know, Frankie De Jong's a shortcoming, so he, he would right. probably fit really well in the league because of his physicality and, and how big he is. Um, but obviously if, if you play him alongside someone who is able to be a little bit more technical, played in the same league, so they can, they can have that sort of chemistry. Frankie de will, will thrive from, uh, would thrive, I guess, if he gets signed, um, that partnership with Sangari, like someone who's just intercepting and passing it off for someone else to, to handle the ball, that would, that would be very beneficial. So, um, it definitely would be a new-looking midfield, but I think United would benefit greatly from from having someone like him, someone that's actually big and and someone that can be tenacious and dogged mm. and, and get stuck into it. Like, you know, like a way more technical and better Scott McTominay. Like, you know, that yeah. kind of profile of like someone who's just big, good interceptions, has a lot of energy for days, passes it off yeah. for someone who's more technical, but is better at every single attribute, that,
0: that would probably be something like that. I think a lot of big clubs are have reservations about signing players from outside of Europe's top five leagues, right? Yeah. Unless they're like a Liverpool who have like fantastic scouting and then choose to bring up rather than... I mean, obviously, they've spent, you know, their fair share amount of money on their big superstars too. But when they do that, it's normally for like finished products. Like they know yeah. that the person who they're bringing in is going to be great. Right. Great scouting and and from smaller leagues like Darwin Nunes. Right. If, we're gonna, if we're going to... If we're going to pit... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The exception to the rule, not... You know, not the rule, but uh, <laughs> if we're gonna if we're gonna oh, stick you mean with like this.
1: Million for Nabi Keita.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the other exception to the rule. Bro, but believe me, I'm not here to defend Liverpool. Largely I think we'd agree that more the 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 Carvalho type I, of I know of I signing, know what you were saying. Right? I know what you were saying. But I just like to put I know some, exactly, some context yeah. into the, the yeah. discussion. Yeah. Except when we up. Liverpool fans all make all it make all it all.
1: seem like they they only sign players for five hundred thousand.
0: Yeah. And you're like, well, I don't know about all these players. <laughs> uh, anyway. For Sangaria, if we're going to move forward with this rumor and we're going to say this player goes to United, do you have reservations about this style? Not this style player, because obviously his style is exactly what United need. But the fact that he's coming from outside of Europe's top five leagues, do you have reservations about him walking into United's first team? Like, Do you need to see him play at like a mid-level stage before you're ready to to invest in him? Or do you think that United are in such a dire need yeah. for this position and this type yeah, of profile player that. that you're like, you know what, bro? Like, I don't care. Get him. It's get that. him now. It can't be any worse than what we currently have. So just
1: just try it out. Right. But literally, that that's all I have to. There's no like deep level analysis here. It's, it's just where there's no midfield. Our midfield currently with McTominay, Fred, and Bruno is a bottom 10 midfield because yeah. of Fred and McTominay. Yeah. And that could be leveled up way more by someone who just is competent at their specific role. Right. And currently we don't have someone that's competent at their role in the two eights or the sixes or however however you want to play with a pivot or, yeah. or one six and, and an eight and then a, and then someone like a Bruno flooding around. They're not competent at their roles except for Bruno being the creator. And and we need to level up in every way we can. And it's kind of like if we don't get our top five targets for a center defensive midfielder, I'm not as worried because our six, seven, eight, nine, tenth targets are still going to be better than what we currently have.
0: Right. <laughs> so if a play because you mentioned like the whole of the midfield right now, and you mentioned the optimism about this is also contingent on Frankie De Jong coming in, who's an exceptional player. In the event that that doesn't happen, right? I know we're living in the world Which of hypotheticals, yeah. But at the same time, we know United to drag this business along because they haven't pulled the trigger on something yet, right? They, they are very much working on a deal. But, you know, you need to move forward a little bit too, right? If you just sign uh, De young, you haven't addressed the problem because you still need that six. Now, I understand them wanting to prioritize this player first because then you look for a player that can complement him, right? De Jong is more the, te- the player you can build a team around rather than Sangari because Sangari is there to do, to do a job, right? Yeah. And it's to protect and it's to offset the attributes. Um, if you miss out on De young do you still have the same optimism for Sangari to come in? Or are you at that point, like, I don't know if we can, like, obviously, and we know that you need a six, right? Which is why it's it seems silly to even discuss, but just bringing in a six is not going to fix it because United still needs a lot of work everywhere else, right? It's a good start, but it isn't even the top priority for United right now, right? For Ten Hag. Ten Hog's like, no, I need a, I need the guy who can make my system work before I can go out and get coverage for it. That will um,
1: highly depend on what ten hog wants to do it's it's kind of mm. tough for me to answer that question without knowing what his backup plan is without someone like frank frankie De Jong, are we gonna go try to sign someone who has similar attributes like maybe like a ruben nevich or or someone Dude. um someone else that that might be cheaper or more willing to come that has similar attributes that could potentially play the style he's looking to play with frankie De Jong, or are we gonna just scrap that and play a little bit more functional with functional players. Cause if it's the latter then then yeah, by all means sign guard because then you can find a functional piece to to balance that out. And maybe now you move to a midfield three with Bruno playing a little bit more of a reserved eight. And then mm-hmm. you sign someone else kind of like a like a tenacious a, a tenacious eight. Um right. So it it will highly depend and I'm not really sure but I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But if we don't sign Frankie de Jong, I would try to probably shift closer to the functional one because it's going to be really difficult to take a gamble on someone with similar attributes of, um, uh, of de Jong that yeah. can oh, potentially play a 10 hog system. It's It's much more of a safer bet to get functional pieces to do a certain job. And of then course. in the two or three other windows after that, if he gets to that position maybe we can then try to sign the, uh, the other players, the, the upgrades
0: to those. All right. Um, I have a feeling, as the person who wrote this list, that this isn't the last time United will come up. So I want to move on for now because there's a strong possibility we're going to revisit United. Because guess what? United have a whole <coughs> rebuild ahead of them and they haven't yeah. started it, right? So they still need a lot of pieces. Uh, and I've pegged some players who need moves. So anyway, up now moving up the list, uh, I've moved to a gentleman who I don't know if you've heard him, uh, heard of him. He plays for Everton. His name's Richarlison. And he's a menace. (laughs) He's a menace. Everybody wants to... Yeah, the pigeon man. Listen, here's the thing with Richarlison, right? As much as... And there's criticism about his style of play. Obviously, he loves to be fouled. His discipline isn't fantastic. because he's. But what that boils down to is his tenacity and his work rate, right? Like, he loves to get under people's skin. He works extremely hard. He's not the most talented person in the world. But he's a Brazil international. So he's not nothing. But he's not Brazilian. There's no way. Where is he from? His name's Richarlison. I, what do you I think understand,
1: he is? But his style of play is not Brazilian. It's right. not. Right? Like it's Fred. Fred, mm. he's a citizen of Brazil, but he's not Brazilian.
0: <laughs> you know? <laughs> he's from that the C team of Brazil. It's a Brazil yeah. international. But yeah, listen, here's the thing. I've pitched him around because if we see what just happened with Everton, which I think we'll look at as an anomaly, I don't think Everton will be in a relegation scrap next season. I think that was just. You know, there, there's a, a ton of variables as to why that happened this season, but I don't think that'll continue again. I don't think Everton are, are a club that needs to be worried about relegation. But after a season like they just had, I can understand a Brazil international wanting to be like, yeah, you know what, I, I'm not I'm not invested in this project. I don't want it to be, like, it, it's clear that we're closer to a relegation scrap than it is a top six fight. And a player of that quality, for all that we can criticize, is still probably worth more than a relegation scrap. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've elected him to say, yeah, he needs a transfer, doesn't he? So where should we put him? Well, like I said, if he's too good for the relegation scrap, he works extremely hard for the shirt that he's wearing. Right. He loves to get under people's skin. He knows how to wind people up. He's a hell of a dribbler. Right. Like he's not even if he's not the greatest dribbler in the world, he likes to do it. Right. He still has his pros about him. I've pitched him to Tottenham. I know this is a lingering rumor, but it's not. It's not for the reason you think. It's not because. And because c- remember, he's been linked to Spurs before. But I think when they were doing that, they were looking to complete a front three. I'm not. I'm looking to say, okay, mm. Richarlison. I think you can offer something to this team, and particularly to Antonio Conte. But not as a starter. You're gonna put him. Out I, back. I don't think. No, I, I'm gonna put him as like a rotation piece, okay. a, as like a Plan B almost, because I think under Conte, especially the way he seems to set up more in the Premier League is with the 3-4-3 three, three. and at times it's 3-5-2 right because obviously we know who the dynamic two of that front three is and it's Son and Kane and that partnership is so is the best duo that the Premier League's ever seen right like the stat, the stats support that i think that there will come a time when people stop underrating son and go why is nobody testing the market for this guy can we go get son and actually Genial. try to get him and when that happens I think Richarlison will be like, cool, now I get my shot. (laughs) But for now, I think the smart thing to do is, okay, if we need a direct player, and and I'm not trying to compare necessarily Richarlison to Sun, because in terms of humility and in terms of abilities, they're quite different. But if you need a player who's very direct, who can dribble, who can take people on, who works very hard for the shirt that they're wearing, just in very, very opposite styles, I like Richarlison to Fethamold. And I like that he offers a little bit more of the, like, fiery passion that Antonio Conte loves, at least to bring to the side, if not for starting every week. Because let's be real, right? We've spoken about this before. The importance of depth for next season is going to be extremely important. And Sun cannot play every minute of every game. As much as he might want to, he can't. Nobody can. Yeah. So, and so bringing in so we'll an option as, like a, as a plan Richarlene B. Son. There you go, bro. <laughs> Richarlison. It's right there. It's built into the name. What do you think of the move? It's a, it's a decent move. Like, <clears throat> Is that the best club for him? Because I, um, I, I'll, I'll totally hold my hand in the air if you're like, no, I think you should move here. I just think Spurs, piece, yeah. as a rotational piece at Spurs, I think it's the best spot for him right now because I think that he would value that environment at this stage in his career more so than he would. Like, let's be real. Forget the times that people are going to say, oh, he can be the replacement for Mbappe at PSG. No, he can't. He's nowhere near that good. His <laughs> abilities are not that high. He's good, but he's not that good. And he's not as good as Son. But can he like, push for a start in that front three? Maybe. right? Does he offer something a little bit different for Tottenham and for Conte? Yeah. right. Like He can, he can do a job or he can take over his style. And it's not always entirely the same. I like that, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I think if he's if he's looking for more game time, then then probably not a good move because he's not going to get it as a starter. Um, no.
0: But I think for now, until Sunday, yeah,
1: for now. <clears throat> <clears throat> However, another move in the Premier League would only see him go to some to a club of similar level, right? Like an Aston right. Villa or a Wolves or. Or even yeah. go to like to the project in Newcastle. Maybe try that out. But I think mm. Newcastle are looking for something different, and and they probably wouldn't look in his direction. And yeah. I think Spurs it would offer him, you know, Champions League football, the ability to like, you know, have a good, nice life in London. I'm sure it's much nicer than living in Liverpool. Um, <laughs> and. Um, yeah, it's it's a decent it's That's a decent gross. move. Like, there's not much to there's not much to add to it. Like you, you mm. kind of said it all. But in in terms of a rotational piece, they'll definitely need a few of those. I, I just question if he's as good as Bergwine. Like, will he offer?
0: Well, I think Bergwine's out the door, the left right? Left. I think because yeah. he's pretty much all the way confirmed to Ajax. So I, I so they're going to need another piece in their in their kind of uh, attacking rotation anyway. Right. I think he can do a job there. I. I'm, I am I I'm maybe putting a little bit too much faith in his ability to fight for the shirt and not clash with Conte because sometimes fiery personalities gel extremely well where they're like, yes, let's both be fired about the same thing. But other times, it's just that neither of them are going to take any bunch. shit from the other. And so if Conte's like, you suck, stay on side. Why are you always offside? Get back to the fucking position. I could see Richarlison being like, you yelling at me, bro, don't ever yell at me. You have no idea. I'm a Brazil international, right? Like I could see the discussions going, going those ways too. So I've, I've tentatively pitched him to Spurs because I think that move makes sense. Um, but again, it's only as a rotation piece and maybe a successor to Son one day, if and when Son were to inevitably leave because he should, he's way too good to be there. He can do yeah. so much better. Mind you, the day he leaves, totally. if him or Kane leave, Conte's out too. It's done. Out, out the door. No thanks. I'm not. I'm not reopting with this. Anyway, can we move up the pitch here? Can we move up our list? Good. I have the best ones. Uh, I'm saving the best ones for last, obviously. So I want to fly through this one here. This is a gentleman who I've put under the reason why, because most of what I do is why and where. Right. So it's here are the skills about this player. Why should they move? And where should they go? Tagliafico has been, it's just, it's time, right? Like we've been talking about his departure for like three years, right? Like yeah. when's it going to happen? It's either going it to happen like or it's not. He's 29 now. We've been talking about this since he's 26 and, he's, and his, his, his value's only gone down. He was out for a lot of this season. He only started nine games. He played 22, but that's not as much as his season was, uh, as his, as he did in the season prior, right? I don't know if that makes his value go down because I think we're all kind of in agreement of where his value is, but we also have short memories, right? If you don't play a lot of games in one season, maybe we forget how good you actually are. Mm. I remember it wasn't that long ago we were pitching him to Barca to be like, okay, here, here's a 27-year-old fullback that could be the successor to Jordi Alba. And Barca were like, no, I think we're going to keep Jordi Alba forever. And then we're going to get rid of all the young players and we're going we're to stick with our guy here. Right. Um, I've tentatively pitched Taliafico to United. And I say tentatively no, I because he's 29, right? So the, the time of pitching would have been seasons ago. Right, Which is why I think like, it's time now. Like You've got to make the move now. And two seasons ago, if he was on the move, we, were, we would have pitched him to the likes of the Barca's and the United's of the world and say, who needs a new left back? Like This guy can be your guy for quite a few years. I Whereas think we now did. he's 29.
1: I've, I think I've put we him did. in a couple. Of, you did. Yeah. You did
0: put him in the Barca rebuild. I remember. Yeah. Right now, if you told me West Ham have confirmed a deal to sign Nicola Taliafico, I would have been like, all right, that sounds right. <laughs> right. Like in two years, his value is, has come down substantially. So I put him at United tentatively because of the same manager link and the fact that United obviously are not comfortable with any of their players. Right. There's only so many reboots that Shaw can have. And Telez is not willing to do the overlap. He's the same profile left back as, as Telez is, but he's more familiar with, with Ten Hag. Now, we've spoken about how the priority for United should not be a left back because I think we can, they can make, like, that's not where they need to invest copious amounts of money right now. Right. And the managerial connection is why I've I've moved this. But the thing is with, with Talia Fico, as I mentioned, is if you put him at like a West Ham or an Aston Villa, like right now, I'd be like, Yeah, like that, that I have no problem with that. what do you think about not only his like the 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 tentative move, but his value decrease over the past few years? His value has decreased,
1: um, but his availability has also decreased. And I think that's not a bad thing for United. I the, the reason I say that is because one it's a link with the manager so it's, it's, it's another helping piece for ten hog to to fit in and have you know right. tacticians on the pitch that know exactly what he wants to do yeah
0: cuz he's again, been part of both he's been <clears throat> part of both ix yeah. projects and i think the only reason he didn't play that much is he was through injury i don't right. think he would have only played nine games if he was fully fit now fair i, I didn't see a lot of those games but that's why i would have, like looking at the statistics and and what his output and what his uh, his his appearances were in seasons prior it tells me that he was injured for a lot of the season. Right,
1: and he seems to be always doing his thing. Like, you never hear about a bad thing about him. You never hear about a super fantastic thing that he did. It's, yeah. it's just he seems to be, like, coasting through and just doing his thing. So I think that someone at 29 years old coming in, adding a little bit more experience to the dressing room and, and adding more experience with ton Hog to the dressing room, that right. would only be a good thing. And I think that we we struggle so much because there's there's poor communication in the back, which I think he would be able to bring in. Um, there's there's no organization again. Something he would he would definitely be able to yeah. do, um, just because of his age and what he's able to do now, and and what he has experienced with Ten Hag and and the, the countless hours that he's played um, yeah. from the starting line, is something that we don't see Luke Shaw doing, and it's something that we don't see Alex Telles doing. So while it no. would be an upgrade, I think that would only that would only work if if one of them goes, and I think it would probably have yeah, to be Luke for Shaw for sure. So I, sure, yeah. I don't think you would Wouldn't add a with. third left back to the lineup no. without addressing it other would,
0: situations. Exactly. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Like his strengths are obviously is like his passing his crossing. He's a very technical left back. He's not really like the bombing yeah. type. He's got great stamina. Right. And he's, he's actually quite, he's very aggressive. Right. So like one of it, one of the cons about him is that he fouls often because he's just, he's that guy. It's, it's part of his style and part of his his style of play, which isn't the greatest thing in the world for United because a lot of their backline is, is shaky enough as is that if you have a guy who's constantly committing fouls, it's not going to help. But like I said, adding the the technical quality going forward for Ten Hag and, and realizing that, okay, like this is a guy who I can rely upon because I know, then, then that's wonderful. But that's the thing. I, I feel like above anything else, the years have passed this guy on. And, and if he yeah. doesn't move now, he it, it's, I just don't think he's ever going to. I genuinely don't think he will. I think he's going to be like, if he doesn't move this window, then next window he'll be an MLS. Right, he's just going like, "All right, you know what? Obviously, like the big move never came for me, so I'm just going to move on with this part of my career, and I'm just I'm done with it." But I still feel like he could have a few like good years on top if he makes the move, but it's got to be now, right? His time's up. Yeah, hundred percent agreed. Uh, moving up the list now. Here we go into my one, two, three, four, five. Moving into the top five, bro. Here we go. This is the exciting part. I'm pitching to you a striker, Mina. Okay, a twenty-four year old striker. From Real Madrid, Luka Jovic. There was a time when this guy was a baller. What happened right? to this guy? This is the problem. He doesn't fit Ancelotti's style of play. He doesn't fit nope. very many manager's style of play, clearly. Right? So he doesn't fit the style, and he doesn't play. There's really no need for him to carry on at Real Madrid, especially seeing the rebuilds that they're trying to do and the players who they're trying to bring in. He's obviously not in the plans. Now, a few seasons ago, when he was brought back to Real Madrid, because I think he, if I remember the timeline correctly, it was something along the along the lines of Benfica had him and then they loaned him out and he did exceptional. So they purchased him like right away and Benfica got a relatively small fee for him. Yeah, that's what it was. They loaned him to Frankfurt, but Frankfurt had the, an obligation yeah. to buy.
1: I was going to say, I think it was. And the so they
0: bought him for like seven mil from Benfica and then they sold him in the same window for like 60 to Real Madrid. If I, I think that's how it happened, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And since then, he's done. he's done nothing, right? Benz never fell off. He's a very different style player. He can't create the same things that that Kareem Benzema can. But on his day, he's actually still quite the player, right? He's not a player who's poor with his link-up play. He actually quite enjoys that, right? He's not necessarily a play-off-the-shoulder type striker because he's not the fastest in the world. He's one who likes to operate in those intricate little spaces. He just doesn't do it to the same level as Benzema, right? Mm-hmm. Holding the ball, he's great at. His finishing's fantastic. So his dri- maybe not fantastic, but he's a, he's a really good finisher. Like that's one of his stronger attributes as a striker, drifting into spaces and then, and then finishing. Um, obviously, he doesn't track back, so he's not the best coming back one way. He's more of the stay up the, the pitch type of, type of forward, but most strikers are, right? Very few strikers are that, like, cough up a long running the whole game type, right. and those ones are in a different class, right? But that doesn't mean there's no place for, for Luka Jovic, because a lot of the players that, you'll, that you have noticed on this list and that you will continue to notice is that once they make the step into Europe's elite, it's very hard to pitch them outside of it. Like there's only a handful of clubs that you can really go to because some clubs yeah. are not the style of clubs that are going to spend massive amounts of cash. And then you have to factor in, does he fit the style of play? How's he going to work in the league, right? Will he, will he be a good fit for uh, the team and the manager who's currently in charge? And then if a different manager were to come in, is he just completely wasted again? Yeah, like, there's a lot of factors is. that go into it. Exactly. So I've pitched him to, in this one, I couldn't, I couldn't really narrow it down. I pitched him to two places. I have a team in mind. I'm, I'm wondering if you went the same route. All right, let me let me pitch it. The first team yeah. I have in mind, and then you can tell me. I pitched him to Dortmund. Okay, that's the first style I have because I've already seen him in the Bundesliga, and I know what he can do in the Bundesliga. And since they just lost Holland, and he's a very different player to Holland. Do not get me wrong, but uh, Dortmund have done some terrific business this window, including two new center backs. Right, they've brought in. Uh, I don't think the Haler deal is done, which is why I've still like pitched him in. Cause I still think he can fit, you know, the, the big man up top type mold. Dorman have signed wingers. They've signed midfielders. They, they've, they've really tried to strengthen their team all around. And I think bringing in a striker to fill the boat. Now, if they want to go with Halaire, fine. I might pitch Jovic cause he's younger, right? He's younger. Yeah. He can do different things, a very different style player. But if they want to go to like a focal point, number nine, fine. Right? I've just tried to incorporate one who's a little bit more fluid in the team and who's playing in a system and a league where we've seen him thrive before. Right, He was able to do this to the point where he earned a 60 million euro move to Real Madrid. So I know that it's possible for him to do. Right, I still think there's an excellent player in here somewhere. And I just think it's going to take the right team and the right manager to, to unlock it again. And if he's void of confidence and his career is done as a 24-year-old, That's a hard sell to me. I don't think that's the case. I just think he can't get into Real Madrid. And Real Madrid just won another damn Champions League. Green Benz was going to win the Ballon d'Or, right? Like, there's no shame in not being able to crack that front three, right? So I like the fact that I can pitch him to the Bundesliga at a high-profile team who still plays in the Champions League and he can rejuvenate his career. Or, get this, hey, United, heard you need a striker. United's Mm -hmm. coming up again. Why not this guy? Right, like this is a dude who can share minutes with Ronaldo. He's 24. He's already established. He knows what it takes to lead a line. He's done that before. Yeah, you can blame Right, me I'm not gonna. Like, he's Ronaldo's not gonna do, gonna do it. Well, that's just it, right? He can be the alternate to a 38 year old Ronaldo. Who? What? Ronaldo's 14 years older than him. That's unbelievable, bro. That, that's like <laughs> hard. That's it's actually crazy that he's 14 years older than him. But we've seen Luka Jovic playing a two. We've seen him be the number nine, and maybe he's not the guy at, at, at this age as a 24 year old. But he can learn from the guy and then be a good piece to build around going forward because he can still do a lot of, he can still add a lot of improvements to his game. And he's not the best in the air, and Ronaldo is. So maybe that's an element of his game that he really needs to work on. But he still has a lot to offer. And I'm comfortable pitching him to clubs like this and saying, hey, you know what, you need a guy. He's a guy. He can do it. Yeah.
1: I was going to say send him to AC Milan or Ajax because I think he would just feast on yeah. goals in, in both of
0: those teams. I can see him in either of those teams too. I like the Milan show. Because be AC honest.
1: Milan just, just signed Divo Carigi. I think yeah. he's he's definitely an upgrade on Divo Carigi, And they need to replace <laughs> freaking Gibru and, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yep.
0: So I could see him in either of those places too. I, I wouldn't be shocked <clears throat> to see him move on to either of those places. Yeah. Um maybe we can talk, but I've given more thought to the places that I pitched him to. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on on either of them, on the on Dorman and to United obviously United is a little bit more personal to you. Like I said, I have a lot of people who can go to United because United need a lot. United could sign a lot of different people. Yeah, mm.
1: <laughs> um, I'd actually be more excited to see what he could do at, at Dortmund. I think, mm. I think his fluidity lends itself well to the way Dortmund play, and I think it it would right. obviously be nice then because because you you're back you're back in Germany, you're back where where you you're comfortable because yeah. he's done it in that league before and. And if Dorman can capitalize on getting someone like that, because obviously they just lost Holland. So it will be a nice big replacement and for him. He's a
0: very different style player to Holland. Very as we different.
1: Know. They could they could replace their striker. And yep. you know, they just take a risk on someone who isn't 18 for once in your damn life, Dorman. Like, yeah. just <laughs> bring him in. He's 24 years old. You can still get a profit on him because big you, time. Like you there's still enough room for him to develop. And actually be yeah. sold for a profit later on. So, I think it's a be, player who once sold for sixty million. Dortmund.
0: fair enough. What are your reservations about him coming to the Premier League as an alternate striker?
1: I don't know that he would be as adaptable if Ten Hag leaves. So mm. it would be kind of weird to to bring him in for maybe two years, two and a half years, and if Ten Hag gets stuck then and you're just kind of sitting there going like, okay, what do I do now? Because this
0: league isn't mm. really.
1: So you don't think he could make his mark in that lazy. time? I think he could, but it like if I'm I think the he's player, just a I forgotten to... soul,
0: to be honest, bro. That's why I think yeah. he needs this transfer. Like I think he's forgotten about. It. I think people forget that is true. what true. He's actually capable of doing that is true, and I think it takes every pretty much everything's a step down for from Real Madrid, but like a step down from Real Madrid to reinvigorate his career. I actually really like Daisy Milancho. That's actually a very interesting one to me because. They need new strikers. And and I haven't yeah. seen Divock Origi play a full 90 minutes in like, what, four years? <laughs> I don't years? think his lungs are capable. Right? Like, I, this guy's a super sub, but he's going to be brought in for the intention of playing more. And that's yeah. the whole reason he's leaving, right? But yeah, you're right. Issa Milano have quite the project that they're building. I wouldn't mind seeing him go to Serie A and try to discover what he's, you know, what he's all about there. I just think that yeah, and go ahead to Edwin with Lukaku, who's back at Inter for a year. <laughs> Maybe he still needs some time because, like I said, he's but I think he's really good in a two. And I think that yeah, I don't know if Dortmund can play a two right now. If they sign Hilaire, bro, play them together. That could actually, that <laughs> actually, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if if that worked very, very well. But he needs to make that move first, right? Uh, I think coming down from Real Madrid, like when you compare him to somebody like Mariano Diaz. I think Mariano <laughs> Diaz's career is over, bro. Like, and Real Madrid completely ruined it for him because he, they they sold him at one point to Lyon, where he like tore it up for a few games at Lyon, and they were like, "Wait a minute, you're good." And they brought him back, and then they never played him again. Can you believe that's it, the guy that like, gave the seven after yeah, Cristiano left? The best player bro, in their club's history, bro. The most disrespectful thing in the entire world. And then, but when you compare him to Luka Jovic, you go. One of you is 24. The other one's 28. One of your <laughs> career has passed by already. Luka Jovic still has a lot to offer here. And I yeah. think that if, if, like I said, I'm more high on the Dortmund show. That's my favorite one. But I pitched him to United as the fact that they need another striker. And he is an available striker. And if they can go get him for like, you know, they're not going to, Real Madrid are not going to recoup 60. They know that. If they can no. sell him for like 25 max, I think they'd do it. And I think that he Sign could up, still build a career
1: for himself somewhere else. Yeah, sign him up and send Anthony Mossial on his ass
0: to Dortmund. Or to whoever else. <laughs> just, not, just don't be our problem anymore. Anywhere, bro. We could talk about him in our honorable mentions at the end if we have time. Uh, as I move on up, I, I'll keep going. Brethren, the next name on the list, number four on my list here, is Adrian Rabio. Do you remember oh Adrian Rabio? I don't think I he needs a have... move.
1: I just think he needs a career shift, man.
0: He's 27, dude. He needs a move. This dude could still play for a long time. He's 27, bro. And this is the
1: thing. Holy shit.
0: I know. It feels like it was forever ago that this guy played. In the reasons why, I have written here and I quote, Remember him? Is he (laughs) selected? Bro, he's part of this horrible Juve midfield rotation that has 400 center mids that nobody knows. Right, because and you're like, Pogba's wait, that guy's there to too. That. You're like, yeah. oh, and then Pogba's gonna <laughs> actually come in. No, Pogba will, will be the guy there. He'll actually be one of the starters. But between him and McKinney and and um, oh my God, what's his name? Who just moved there uh, the, the other season? There, Locatelli. Thank you. Yeah, between Locatella and Locatelli and Arthur. And Rabiot, like you have all these midfielders, and you're like, bro, where did these guys actually play? Like they can't get anything right. So I think Rabiot desperately needs to move on with his career here and figure some some stuff out for himself. And luckily, I still think there's a wonderful player in here somewhere, a player who plays frequent minutes for a a high level team, if not as a starter. I think he could be a really, really good rotation piece for some of the best teams in Europe because at Juve, it's very stagnant. Right? The past two years have crushed him. Under Pierlo, nobody knew what to do with Pirlo. Right? Pirlo was trying to implement something that the team was not ready for. And then under yeah. under Allegri, it's just boring. Right? Like they win usually, but it's so boring. This guy's lost himself. He's not the guy. He's like, okay, <laughs> am I playing in a midfield three? Am I playing on the left? Am I playing in a double pivot? Am I playing? Where would you two? send him? What, what's going I'm on? I'm interested. Here? To, I'm interested to. You. Let me tell you, I send him to some places that need some midfield depth, bro. I send him, him to. You say again? No, 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 no. <laughs> No, I, I explicitly kept him away from United. I I don't think I mentioned United again in this episode. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to check my list. But I have Adrian Rabio moving to one of Chelsea or Liverpool. Chelsea don't need midfield depth. They do. That's the thing. Who are they trying I to mean, sign? they signed
1: Salon and and that didn't work out. But No, so he's like, gone, bro. Like,
0: the loan is gone, right? Like, yeah. who are they going to build? Jorginho's going to leave. Kovacic, yeah. injury. No, you're right. Conte injury. Right? Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Do I have to really mention Ruben Loftus-Cheek? <laughs> like, they need quality in their team. And You're so right. I think yeah. I think that he can be that. Because if we remember, let me tell you about Adrian Rabiot, because I feel like a lot of people forgot about him. He's a terrific tackler. His defens- His defensive attributes are very, very good. Despite the fact that he insists on being an eight, he shouldn't be. He should be a defensive midfielder. He can carry the ball. He can hold the ball in tight spaces. He can pay. He can play out of those uh, tight spaces. His defensive contributions are very good. If he wants to be a two-way midfielder, even though I think he should be a holding midfielder, his passing range is very, very good. And so I think he and his energy is high because he's he's one of those players. So when you have a player with great technical quality, who can play in a two, who is still who's a very big guy because he's six four. He can do a lot of things, bro. I think that Chelsea or Liverpool are perfect. Either of them are fantastic moves. I was going to bring up Liverpool, yeah. I might even be a little bit more enthusiastic for him to go to Liverpool because I don't think he would be that expensive, but let's be real. James Milner is going to be there for maximum one more year. Oxlade-Chamberlain has got to go too, right? That's another one. So they're going to lose two midfielders in the next very, very brief period. Jordan Henderson's getting up there. Jordan Henderson too, right? So they're going to have Fabinho, Thiago, Keita. Rabiot is still a player who can be in there, right? Yeah, Nabi Keita too. But like the fact that they play with a three means that there has to be more rotation. Even if they end up switching to a 4-2-3-1 at times throughout the season, depending on the moves that they make, fine. I still think that Rabio's a player who can fit in. And I would like to hear a Liverpool fan reach out to me and tell me what they think of this move because I don't think that Rabio has a particular like bad attribute in terms of his attitude. In terms of was, his abilities. I was going to bring
1: that up. Doesn't he have a bad attitude?
0: I don't even think so, bro. I think he's just so, like, I think it's just dull for him. I think life is just dull, so he's a little under motivated so right he just now. He creates but think, drama <laughs> to spice things up. I don't even, dude. Do, do you remember the last time that you heard his name? Like, I think if he was no. making drama, we would hear uh, about yeah, it, right? True. Like, he doesn't do anything. This guy <laughs> just needs a refresher, a new coat of point, a new coat of paint. Send him somewhere. I think Liverpool works very nicely for the way that Klopp what, wants his midfielders to do. And I think at Chelsea, he's one of the few players in the world who could actually fit a two-man midfield at Chelsea.
1: Yeah,
0: right. I mean, you to think? your point, he you could also work at Spurs. Yeah, but you know what? They just signed Basuma. More like, I think that they've show. got. I think they've got what they need. I, I think that Liverpool and Chelsea more desperately need yeah. midfielders of this profile, and I think that he fits okay. them quite well.
1: You're right. I I have nothing to add to this because I completely forgot this guy even existed. I thought he was <laughs> thirty-four years old, and that's why he wasn't playing as much. He, right, he's 27. he's twenty-seven. So he could still enter his Luchatel. like prime years. No, he's younger than um. What's his face that we already spoke about? Taya Fico.
0: That's insane. Yeah, that's perpulsive. Exactly. It, literally, bro. What is that? He's, and he's still a good player. Get him out of Syria. He's played at PSG. He's played at UVA. Like, just needs a fresh coat of paint, bro. I think sending him to Liverpool or Chelsea, either of them would actually work very well for him.
1: I I, I can see an argument for Liverpool. I, I could also see an argument for Chelsea, I I think. But I, I am more aligned with you. I think Liverpool would work better for him. Yeah.
0: It's true. I don't want to see Liverpool succeed, but boy, I'll pitch some great stuff for them. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> as we move into our top three here, I have to be real. The top three, they're ballers. All three of them. They're yeah. ballers, all of them. Like, that's that's part of the attribute. I wrote about what their best things are. They're ballers, okay? <laughs> Number three, Hakim Oh. This guy, bro, come on. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. As as Joe calls him, Habibi. Hakim, Habibi, Ziesh. <laughs> Why? Why does he need to move? Well, as it turns out, when you were part of depth and rotation, that can only take you so far, right? And he was signed a little bit aimlessly. Do you remember when Neymar finally came over from... From the Brazilian leagues, he was like 21, and he was like yeah. on finishing in Ballon d'Or rankings. People were like, "Why was he playing in Brazil for so long? This guy <laughs> should have moved on way, way late." I think that that was the case with Hakim Ziyech when he was still playing at Ajax. They watched him tear it up in the Champions League. They went, "How old's this guy? 26? How come no Wait, one's buying him? Why yeah. is nobody? Why isn't he playing somewhere better?" Like, okay, let's move this guy on to a bigger league. And Chelsea bought him right as Lampard was leaving. Lampard had real no no plan for him, and then Tuchel came in and went, "Yeah, I don't really play with the." Player of this style, right? And so I think his biggest issue is that he hasn't had a defined role for two years, right? Like since he signed, yeah. he hasn't really had a defined role. It's not that he's been poor. it's that he hasn't been able to hit the heights that he probably would have expected of himself because he hasn't been able to embrace one manager and one style and one consistent style like you know amount of minutes. He's kind of just been like, okay, well listen, you're gonna play at the right forward spot. Sometimes. And that's kind of, you know, that kind of sucks for a player of his quality because if we remember, this is a player with an unbelievable passing range, the left foot made of absolute gold, can get out of tight spaces. And the things he can do with his left foot, most people can't do, period, right? The yeah. long shots, the set pieces, the passing range, the chance creation. What I'm describing to you, in my opinion, is a perfect number 10. And so I see, I've heard Fabrizio Romano link him with an Italian club named AC Milan and I can't get enough of this show. I think it's perfect. I think Beautiful. it's perfect, bro. Yeah. Like, the way that AC Milan, AC Milan... There's a chance here, if AC Milan are able to not sell the players who they have, that AC Milan can become, like, the most exciting club that there is. <laughs> Again, right? They can move back to that status of, like, everybody loves AC Milan. Yeah, Because with the left side of Rafael and Teo Hernandez, and then going out and getting Renato Sanchez to replace Franchesse, Oof. Right, and then Sandro Tonali to hold down the midfield, and then have Hakim Ziyech in the center of midfield. Dude, that would be disgusting. That is so much <laughs> fun. That would be disgusting. They still need some strikers, I Di or you can't be the guy. But remember, Fikayo Tomori in the spot there, right? Yeah. They they didn't sign Sven Bottman because Sven Botman moved on to Newcastle. I'm counting that as a win. Shouted that out a long time ago. Don't forget TJW. But when we talk about Ziyech, like when we talk about what AC Milan still needs, and this is a team that just won the league what we talk about them still needing is a more balanced squad, right? If they can balance out the right side and make it as good as their left, this can be like a Champions League caliber side. And I know they just won the Serie i I'm not saying they're not a Champions League caliber side, but you know what I mean? Like moving on, maybe yeah, yeah. like around a 16 plus leveling type up. of, yeah, leveling up, moving into a team that's consistently challenging for the league, not just is in a place of, of still recovering from what they were a few seasons ago, which was awful, right? But being a team that is considered every single year, a round of sixteen, a quarterfinal type of Champions League team. I think players like this are how you are how you get back to that level, because Hakim Ziyech, although twenty nine, who I don't love to pitch in Rebuilds, I'm not pitching a whole rebuild for them. I just think he's a perfect creative number ten who would thrive in the temple of Syria, and when moving around superstars in this attacking line that they're building, I think is a lot of fun. Like I the way he could play in this
1: explosive with uh,
0: with Leal. That's what I mean, right? The link-up play you could have with it. If, he were to, if they were to kind of interchange positions, because obviously they both like to cut in, so if you force the yesh to play central, yeah. I, I, I would like to see how much he utilizes the right side, because obviously at IX his best position was on the right, right? but then he would often cut in and make things happen when he cut in. If he's playing more centrally, I would love to see if he's always favoring the, the balls on the, left, the left-hand side, which would be fine, because that's where Leao is anyway, and that's how they, don't, they utilize the left-hand side more than anything anyway or if he's drawing players across then is able to ping balls over the top for a right back or a right winger making use of the space. Yeah. Right? Like there's a lot to like and there's a lot of uncertainty about how he would approach his style. Not that he wouldn't fit in like tactically, but I think he would be a player kind of like Bruno who's trying to go for it a little bit more right. than yeah, conforming I, I to a mean. tactical system and it, and he's technically a very gifted player. But I could see him embracing a role of like a free range 10 who says, "Okay, what is the best option that I have in front of me right now? That's the one I'm playing, and I'm playing it now. And he would totally thrive because his vision is much faster than the than the, than the Serie
1: A is. Because, again, yeah. it is a much slower uh, league. Exactly. And it's a very technical league, very defensive first. And I think he has the technical abilities and the vision to break it down because Agreed. he would just have so much fun just playing against low blocks all day long. Yeah.
0: I, in a, In a clearly defined role where he gets yeah. minutes every week. Like, I think so, he can go back so to having some serious numbers and right. putting up serious numbers. And I think that's what he needs at this stage in his career. I don't He'll think right. this is a player who's going to be like finished his career by 31, 32. I think this is a player who hasn't played that much in the past two years. And so it might prolong his career if he can get into the right project.
1: Hey, Paulo, we fixed your team. San Luka, we fixed Jovic, it, bro. And, let's get you another game. Yeah. You. There you go. Oh,
0: bro, that would That'd be so, be so much, much fun. Just throw in an Adama Traor on the right side just for some <laughs> electrifying pace, man. And let's freaking go career mode this crap. Uh, final two, bro. Final two, and then I don't actually know if we'll have time for bro talk today because we've gone heavy talking about all these options. But uh, we'll have to see where we are at the end. At number two, I got to move on Memphis. Yeah, I got to move on I Memphis to Pie, that. bro. Now, listen, longtime listeners of the Drizwal podcast will know that I've been a fan of Memphis to Pie for about as long as anybody else, right? Like uh, since he was a That's prospect good, from from PSV, I was watching him at the World Cup. And he was still playing at PSV. And I went, oh, my God, this guy's a baller. And I have his Lyon jersey. And when he played for United, I was so excited for him to be there. And obviously, he didn't have tremendous impact. But he's a whole different player. Reinvented himself at Lyon. He became a captain. He became a leader. He became a, camp. a rapper. He, he became a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He became a rapper. Right? He'd get, he, all these things. He moved on to Barca. He was supposed to be the guy to fill Messi's shoes. No pressure, kid. And ultimately, what happened, bro? Barca were in kind of a time of, of rebuilding and trying to figure things out. Why does he need to move right now? He clearly isn't the guy for Chavez's system, and they're trying to get Lewandowski as well. And I and think when are, you combine both got of Obama those things. <laughs> right. Well, when you combine everything, right? Like the fact that they have so many options for their front three with Ferran, with Aubameyang, Dembele, maybe. We don't know if he's going to resign. Right? And Sufati. Gavi can play there in the front line. They have so many options in the front line that I just don't think that he wants to be a rotation piece there. I think that he's a player who's like has a lot to offer technically, right? Like, don't forget about Memphis set piece specialist, right? His dribbling's fantastic. The flair that he plays with, his link up play, his chance creation. He's fantastic with the ball, right? He doesn't necessarily track back, but that's not what's expected of him. He's short, but he's physical. So, his center of gravity is very low. He's hard to knock off the ball. He's lost a little bit of his of his explosiveness. He used to be a winger, right? But now we all know him as like the second striker cam style player. Because he got big. Like he bulked up. He did bulk up. He's at least 185. Like he's he's a proper enough. little tank moving around. I just don't think he fits the system that Barcelona want to play. And I think if they're going to bring in Lewandowski now too, I think it's clear he's not going to be playing on the wings. And if he's now like a third choice forward, like for, for striker, it's just not going to happen. I think he just has to move on. And I I think Barca would be open to selling him because Barca need money. And I think if they can move him on for like in the 30s, I think he would go for that. I think he's worth more than that. But I think Barca would be okay to let him go for the 30s as they try to fundraise because we know they're desperate for cash. And he's not necessarily helping them reach the heights that they want. Right? I think Barca, when they make signings now, are looking for instant impact. And I don't think Memphis is offering that to them right now. No, and there's definitely a deal to be made because,
1: as you said, I I also think that he doesn't fit the culture that that they're trying to build at Barca right now. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't strike me as a Barcelona type player in in the context that Xavi's trying to trying to put into the team. When you mm. consider that Danny Alves's contract hasn't been up, updated, but again, that's because of age. But yeah. PK, what 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 went down with PK? Um, More reportedly, Chavi. Um, idiot. Yeah, definitely an idiot. Hundred she- <laughs> percent. Idiot of the week every every week every um, week bro chavi chavi reportedly is not renewing his contract either so right. like that that culture just doesn't they seem to be cracking down on it and not yeah. to say that memphis is a, is a troublemaker i do like he probably isn't no he's just different he's just flamboyant. boy he's expressive um he's a european like to say gets, y'all
0: wyland and europeans yeah. who say y'all wyland do not work it's not the <laughs> nba bro he's far too north american for this and so I think that once again, jet. he needs to. Yeah, bro, we can that. talk about that. Maybe that'll be the bro talk. We can talk about that in the bro talk if we have time at the end. But listen, here's the thing I love Memphis. I genuinely do. But I want to see him succeed. And I don't want he to see him. He needs like the, the European equivalent of the Miami Heat. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what he needs. Who is that? I've kept him as Which far away from that? that as possible. You know, where I put him? you know where I put him? I put him in a place where he's going to put his head down and do work. I put him in the Milwaukee of. Uh, <laughs> of of uh, of Europe I sent him to Juve now listen here's no. the thing with Juve I did I did here's why Juve need support for Vlahovic right for yeah. Duzan Vlahovic I think that we know that and I think that Juve as they try to assemble this like ultimately really really nice looking front three they just lost Dybala so they just lost a, mm. a fantastic like similar profile player to Memphis but they want to have Kiesa back I, I think ideally they want to be playing a 4-3-3 but Dybala didn't really fit a 4-3-3, right? Not perfectly anyway, maybe somewhat, but not perfectly, right? We know what Dybala's yeah. best, best position is. We know what Dusan Vlahovic's best position is. I think if Juve kind of tweak what they're trying to do to play with maybe a 4-2-3-1 or like a 4-4-1-2 where you can have your wingers push up at times, but really ultimately you have your set, like here's my striker and here's the player who plays off of him, I think that Memphis would be a perfect guy to play off of Vlahovic. Okay, I see what you're saying. Because, like, in terms of stature, they couldn't be further apart, right? Vlahovic's a giant beast animal. Memphis is small but very technically gifted, right? His set piece is chance creation. Memphis is very good at finding the guy, right? He isn't the guy to pass the ball to. He's the guy to give the ball to to then find that next guy. And if you, they have guys like Chiesa coming in from the wing – and Vlahovic bullying off center backs, and he can kind of play off Vlahovic, who is back to the keeper, and then link it back to Memphis, who can then dribble in, lay it off to Kaysen, Kaysen can finish. Like, we can see that play with our eyes closed, right? Like, you can see that happening pretty much any day of the week. I don't know if... And, and plus, and just hear me out here, imagine if Memphis and Pogba were playing in the same team, bro. Oh, God. The carnage that would—that that is Syria. Like, we're talking Miami Heat style here. We're talking You really if they want to be... A few years ago, when you when had you had me. wanted to make you this, me until they wanted to make it the cool you young. We're that. not the old lady anymore. We're a Juve. We have the GA logo, bro. The old, we're <laughs> 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 now. They're like, all right, we're gonna bring back Pogba. Let's bring in our uh, Memphis and just have rap battles. Like we can be this style team. I forgot that Pogba was gonna join them. You to had be me fair, until but you it. could you not see? Okay, if if nothing else, could you not at least uh, forget the personalities? Could you not see? technically wise personality memphis I and pogba playing really well together
1: yeah but i just think they get in each other's way i don't know May, I think, maybe I slightly i think they're gonna try to I release know. pogba um the way he was at juve beforehand and the way you know yeah but we that's had a lot of midfield was playing with, with um with with mata Herrera, where he was the predominant number 10 before we signed bruno I think they're going to try to do that with him again. I don't think they're going to try to rely on him as an eight anymore, or or you know, someone to be a six. I think they're going to try to get creative qualities out of him. And if you're for putting right. him on the same pitch as someone like Memphis, who who is the best that who is best at that, um, in terms yeah. of his overall attributes, like his best attribute is being the creative guy. That's you know, that's, that's finding the assist. I just think they clash
0: too much. You had me until well, you on mention on. What if I, I pitch? What if I what if I pitch this scenario to you? Okay. <laughs> you're gonna oh, dear God. A midfield three of Memphis, Pugba, and Weston McKinney, bro. These are the streets <laughs> of USA. Come on. This is. <laughs> you're wilding. Oh my God. Y'all wildin', man. Wildin'. I can just imagine this influence over the three of them. <laughs> Listen, now when I pitched this, I, I actually forgot that that Pogba was gonna rejoin. However, for everything that I said in the first part of my argument is why I like it. I think that I, I actually think I there is a place for this. I, I think agree. there's there's a lot of work to be built around these two yeah. if you're gonna put them on the pitch together. There's a lot maybe Rabio shouldn't go because it's like, no, <laughs> we need guys who can who can run and who can like break up play to just cover for the y'all wildin' boys up top. <laughs> but uh I think there's a place for ballers to play together, no? Yeah. No, I I, <laughs> I I agree. There is a place for them to play together.
1: It's just you're gonna need work work horses around them.
0: Right. You yeah. will. It's true. And yeah, yeah, like, bro.
1: you're going to need to sign the Dennis Rodman of. of yeah, exactly,
0: bro. That's someone literally. has to do it. Bro, Wilfred and Didi, Paul Pogba. Do it. And Memphis and Depay. Locatelli. And Weston McKinnon. Memphis Depay. Oh, my God. Oh, God, bro. What are we Stop doing it. here? All right, bro. The final transfer, number one on the list. I have destination blank here because this is one that we just proper need to discuss for however long it takes us to get through it. Neymar needs oh, a transfer. God. This summer, Neymar's yeah. 30. And I didn't know Neymar was 30 until I did the research for this. And I'm like, he's 30. What happened, bro? Yo. This guy's whole career. Okay, here's a shocking stat. Ready? Ready? I'm ready? Neymar has never in one season played more than 57% of the games. What? In one, in Ligar. In Ligar, he's never played more than 57%. The most amount of games he's ever played in Ligar in one season is 22. That's crazy. Out of 38. Which means Always he misses damn near half the games. Yeah. And like, it's, it's a funny. real problem. Now, why does he need to move, bro? He obviously doesn't fit uh, Luis Campos, who they've appointed. He doesn't fit his version of PSG, right? We know what his version of PSG is, and it's building around these young, exciting players who have the right attitude, just like how we've been rebuilding PSG for the last several years. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the players who we've been mentioning are the ones who they're going after, right? The Vitinhas of the world, who I mentioned, by the way. Like they're building, around, and by the way, if we can just mention PSV for a second, I'm bringing in um, Christophe Galtier. Yeah, I, if That's you brilliant. remember, I shouted that out for That's a brilliant. long time. Yeah, my biggest fear with that was that Galtier plays a, a very effective but flat system, which I didn't know would be the best for the 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 type of dyna, dynamism that they have in the squad. That being said, if they're trying to offload players like Neymar. It shows a bit of a culture shift, right? It shows that PSG are actually trying to approach us the right way and try to edge, like ice out those divas and be like, no, we can bring in actual hardworking players here who want to get the job done. Now with Neymar, it's it, it's so hard. To, I put in destination blank because I honestly don't you know what the hell to do you with him. can't them, find him a right? team. I don't think that he wants to be. I don't know if he would like to be a PSG. I'm sure he loves being a PSG. Don't get me wrong, because obviously he's just he's at that point in his career where he has senioritis. He's like, yeah, pay me lots of money, I'll play whenever I want. I'll you know I'll train whenever I want. The thing is with Neymar, he's he's great at everything, right? Like, Neymar is a phenomenal player in every aspect of, especially of attack, right? Finishing, chance creation, dribbling, drawing people in, uh, going fake, his passing. Like, everything that Neymar does, he does it pretty much better than anybody else, specifically when, when examining attributes, right? He's not the best long passer in the world, but at combining everything, yeah. there's, there's there are no Neymars, right? Yeah. Constantly winning fouls to the point of frustration for everybody, right? Like, we're all annoyed <laughs> by it. The thing is, he's a diva, right? He's a hothead. His discipline sucks. And he never plays. He plays half the amount of games that he should. That's why What I can't the find hell him do you do with a, a player like this? I can't find you him can- a team. If PSG want to start edging people like this out, he doesn't go to another team in Liga, right? Automatically, you can roll that out, right? Let's look around. Does he go to Spain? Where would he go in Spain? Barcelona. Well, but he couldn't it. go back to Barca because Barca are they not going to it. take on that mess. They can't afford it, right? Neymar even still would still probably go for... 80 mil, any less than 80 mil for Neymar is preposterous given like his abilities, right? Yeah. Forget the transfer fee. They, they couldn't afford his weekly wages. Right. And then wages are the other thing, yeah. right? Just tr- in terms of transfer fee, even if they're willing to cut a bargain and let him go for 50, like, they can not sell going for they want. cheap.
1: They, they can't afford his
0: week-to-week no. cost. So because he's so expensive, I think They'll that takes him out of pretty much everywhere in Syria. I don't think anywhere in Syria I would take him. I can't see him as a good fit really anywhere there no. unless he just had this complete mentality shift and he was like, I want to be Dino. I want to go to AC Milan. And I would absolutely shit my pants because that would be the coolest freaking thing in the entire world. But if we look at caliber of club, I don't think he's looking to take that big of a step off. Right? So what's that leave us with? Germany? No one in Germany is picking him up. Really? Like, maybe if Bayern Bayern could get him on a free, maybe... Right? Like maybe if they that. could get Byron's him on a free. Team, though. But I don't think so. Bayern are not. Bayern are very much a system of unified mindsets where everyone knows their yeah. task and are playing together. That is the antithesis of what Neymar is, who's very much a give me the ball and I'll figure it out type of guy. Right. So where does that leave? We have to bring him to the Premier League. Everybody wants to see Neymar in the Prem. We all agree on that. Cool. Let's look at teams. Is Chelsea. Neymar playing outside of the Champions League? No. A hundred percent no. Neymar is a player who, who plays in the Champions League unequivocally. We know that. Yeah which takes him out of United, which would be the the most obvious link. To City, hell no. Pep's not taking him as part of the project here. But City aren't bringing in a 30-year-old to be just another guy in the team. Pep has a very specific vision and focus of what he wants to do. Neymar doesn't fit it. Liverpool, huh. Are you crazy? Tottenham, Neymar to Tottenham. Shut (laughs) up. And then Chelsea. Chelsea have probably the most contradictory system to what Neymar wants to do. Yep. Which leaves us where? Miami what do we do with them the only wild card option would be AC Milan like I said in that scenario that I pitched which is just a fun following the in the footsteps of Dino type of thing Neymar 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 just toughs it out plays there and then moves to the MLS whenever the hell he wants to exactly
1: and Neymar needs to tough it out for another two years and then go to Miami FC be the poster boy for Miami FC with David Beckham and and just live the Miami lifestyle yeah. That's That would be perfect for him. There's nowhere else in Europe that could fit him right now. And if he moves Nothing. to anywhere in Europe, it's it's going
0: to be toxic. Great. I can't see it's one system work. that actually works. Like the only – he oh, man, it's so disappointing. It's so disappointing it because he's such a good player. And it's such a waste. And I hate even wasting my breath talking about how good of a player Neymar is because everybody knows what he brings going forward. Right, I see Neymar gets a lot of criticism. I'll give him that because a lot of people hate the way that he always draws fouls and stuff. But the things that Neymar can do with the ball, other people cannot do. We haven't. Like, other people people cannot do that. And there's nowhere to put him. Like I said, the only, only, only wild card option that I could see is if he were to say, if he were to have a complete mentality shift and say, I want to follow the Ronaldinho footsteps and go be the cam for AC Milan. I think that would be electrifying. It'd be the coolest thing to ever happen. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. No, people would say, "Oh, do you want to Met They're City?" Right. No, no, I don't. The same reason I didn't want I Alexis mean, Sanchez at F- City University, when he was in his prime. It was like, no, I don't want that,
1: bro. He's if not, United has been winning three Champions League titles in a row. I
0: still would not want Neymar. It's not. It's I want the fit. See, I think that I actually think if United were in the Champions League. I could, I could, I could pitch a scenario that worked here. Yeah, I could, but it, because Ten Hag not is not opposed to having a tricky Brazilian. That's not true, right? Like with with Anthony, he has a tricky it, Brazilian it, it, who can yeah. who can conform to a system, right? Anthony's 22 though, trying to make his mark. Neymar is is a superstar diva. That if I mean, I just don't think Ten Hag would have any tolerance for. So it would be up to Neymar exactly. to say, "Am I the guy who's going to embrace what he's saying and actually get back to my best?" And if so. Then yeah, you could do some scary things at United. To be honest, under Ten Hag, I think it'd be fantastic. I think you would be if, Na- but that's the thing. You could make that argument anywhere if Neymar was focused and level-headed and ready to play and kick ass. Yeah, we wouldn't. Yeah, we would have no shortage clubs that would be lining up for him. He, we could fit him pretty no much anywhere. It. Yeah, but because we don't have that, we're like, what do we do with him? He needs to be. He, I think Neymar needs a transfer this summer, because if if the very if nothing else, for his own sake, for the sake of accountability. Mm. Right, like Neymar can probably, I could still think, have a good few years playing in Europe before he... And he will move to MLS. But again, his approach to MLS is a terrible, terrible logic, which is that the off-season is longer in MLS than anywhere else, which already tells you that he's not interested in actually playing. He just wants to go have some fun. But if Neymar needs a transfer to reignite his career because he's just not willing to work hard at PSG because he gets everything he wants he needs to be challenged... Where can he go that gives him that challenge? I have two names written down and both of them, like, I could give you more reasons as to why it doesn't (laughs) work than the fact that it does. One of them was United and primarily it's, they don't play in the Champions League, not going to happen, right? And then if it were to Bayern, which I could somewhat see, it would be that he is now conforming to a Bavarian system of the team comes first and Neymar does not have that mentality. And I don't think it matters who you like, where you put him. I don't know what but happens. Like to he's
1: going to develop that mentality. He's 30 years old. No, we're not talking he's about that, that mentality, bro. Winger. He, yeah, he had that he had mentality it. when
0: he was taking exactly. over. And he then he it. moved to PSG and he got everything he wanted, including like all the yes men's in the world. And now he can't do anything wrong in his own Crazy. opinion. Bro, this dude's missed every March for five years. <laughs> he's I'm taking March off. See you later, guys. This guy's played no more than 57% of available games for the club that pays What's them, madness. what 100 million a year. Madness. I don't know what to do.
1: I, I don't know I, what to I, do with them. I, I
0: don't think I, stay in I Paris for a couple more years and that's it. What do we do? Do we do we say okay, well what if what if Real Madrid came knocking? They won't. They won't. They have Vinicius. They have their, exactly. their Brazilian flair left wing. He's not Neymar's not going to be displaced in terms of position. They're not going to no. reshuff, reshuffle their entire formation to fit Neymar in. And Real Madrid work. is
1: building a younger team
0: everywhere on the field. Yeah. Pitch. So they're not going to call, come calling for Neymar. So
1: that's so just… a wild card a, option.
0: Wild card option. AC Miami. Milan. I think he goes to Miami. AC Milan, bro. No, AC Milan, bro. Let's do it. Let's I put like him it. as the cam in AC Milan, where he has to dev- Where he has to focus and fit into the system sorry, and brings them yeah screw. sorry Hakeem. Hakeem, your plan b buddy but if you can get neymar dude that's a whole other thing yeah and i don't want them to break the bank form i want them to go spend 48 million Euro- <laughs> euros paid in installments of four years and they're going to win the champions league and fika it's <laughs> the the canadian's going to win the champions league. and it, it is what it is diva Origi being fed by neymar that would be crazy. luke jovic let's go we need a right winger face milan bro desperately that would be insane. Some ritualism. That's really... <laughs> Get Anthony. Anthony, Neymar, and Leo. That's your that's your attacking three.
1: Just oh, No
0: work whatsoever. <laughs> Dude, just, just just FIFA Street. Absolute electricity and yep. nothing else. FIFA Street is the best way to put it. <sighs> Goodness me. Anyway, bro. Can we talk about Y'all Weiland before we wrap up? Y'all Weiland. Just as a very quick bro talk. Where did that come from, bro? That came from... Uh,
1: Educate from the people. Pogba and Lukaku pretending oh to be God. American as oh my God. europeans which i have nothing against it i like be I whoever do. you want to be but i i know have do. i do have a problem again you know what fuck it yes i do have a problem with
0: it i do yeah. too it's You're like when European. joe is grime. you remember You're a few Belgian years ago joe was French. grime do you yeah. remember when joe was grime a few years ago we, yeah no when he was london grime when joe was london <laughs> was grime Roman. and then yeah. yeah and then he became uh, Toronto man, I then Joe's gonna he's gonna be so mad that we even brought this up. <laughs> but that's what Joe was, and we had to keep him accountable because that's what friends do. We say, Joe, you're not from the south end of London, bro. You're not from downtown. You're from. Dude, Lebanon are English. No, like what? <laughs> and so you have to keep that accountability, bro. Like we all have to be who we are. And when Romelu Lukaku's wearing a velour tracksuit and a bucket <laughs> hat, talking like, wearing Tim's, talking like he's a freaking like all star running back at playing it like out of Miami, Jamie you're Butler. like. Yeah. Lukaku, what yeah, literally, like bro.
1: Well, Pogba yeah, and man. Butler are best friends, right? So that adds of course up, right? they are. So it's like he's always sitting courtside in Miami games and all ah. that stuff. And and oh my goodness, like it's so pretentious, bro. Apparently they live in Miami. Like Pogba lives has a house in Miami, and like that's where he met his wife and stuff. Um and, and who's this, oh boy, all right. And and um seeing him and Lukaku together just saying y'all wildin'. As Europeans, is hilarious, and then and then Lukaku's so just, annoying. um, what, what was the thing he said? He's like, these motherfuckers
0: wild, <laughs> yeah, like, bro. Shut like,
1: up. Shut you're not a rapper, up, you're man. not an NBA player.
0: No, Stop he really doing this. thinks he is. No, man, he's just these uh, motherfuckers wild. It's part of who he is, man. Like, he's just become that guy, I and I know don't him. know what to do. But <laughs> it's so. Uh, I wish I had more. It honestly has me dumbfounded because I can't even comment on it. Cause I'm like, what are you guys doing? I like I think it. it all started. You know what I think it started with? And I think it was our own fault. Not not us personally, yeah. but like North America's fault. See, we watched Lukaku play, especially when he was at at United in particular. And we would always say he plays like he's wearing Tim's, right? Like he has no ball control whatsoever. <laughs> and then he went out and he's like, what, what, are, what are these? What are people talking about? about? A lot of Tim's sponsors. And, and his, first t- his first time in the US, he bought a pair of Tim's. He put them on. And to deal with Jay Z. Ankles up. Yeah. It transformed him into Jay Z. He, he started wearing oversized hoodies, bro. He started wearing big watches and talking like that. Like he's from Brooklyn. And you're like, Yo, Rob, you're from like the Congolese. Belgium, bro. Like, you're <laughs> you're not this guy, man. Where are you getting this from? Like, you're so and the, here's the thing: this is why you know what really bugs me about him. Lukaku is actually a brilliant human being. He is. Lukaku he is. has gone he's through his philosophy yes. on on monogamy, his philosophy on education, on world building. His he speaks six languages. And this is hustled. such he's also a good flip from like being
1: dirt poor into
0: just being from nothing casual, into like, this. Superstar! That it breaks my heart to see him be that because I'm like, you're you're perpetuating the worst possible stereotype about yourself, which is like that you are going to be this dude. Don't lead by example. Be this guy who's like the the scholar and intelligent guy that you are. Quit pretending you're a freaking NBA player, man. He's so smart. Uh,
1: Or Players driving, whatever it is. Like his interview is great. Like it's a phenomenal interview, (sighs) and he talks really well. He's very eloquent. And he speaks six languages, including like Italian and Spanish and stuff. And it's languages that he doesn't really need to speak. Like, why does he speak Spanish? Spanish. He's never played in Spanish.
0: Nope, just because. He just does it. It's important to learn. So it's just like, like, man. This dude, I watched an interview of when he was like 18, talking about if you don't find a, a proper girl before you become a superstar you can never trust the girl who you're with. And he was explaining, he's like, because the the characteristics that you have, you'll develop into a person, but if money changes you, you want somebody to keep you humble and keep you accountable and be like the loving person in your life who you know is with you for the person you are, not for the things that you have. And he's talking about this as like a 17 year old. And you're like, that's a brilliant philosophy for a 17 year old on the verge of superstardom to have. Yeah. All the way to this dude wearing a velour tracksuit and a freaking bucket hat talking about y'all wild, man. Uh, come on, Rom. Stop this, please. No more of this. This, It's crazy, man. Because we're so influenced by different parts of the world. But different parts of the world are so influenced by this, too. Yeah, it, it is. It really it's is. True. We're all influenced by that. The grass is always greener. It's true. It really it's is, insane. bro. Anyway, dude, what do you think of the edit that I made for today's episode? It's stupid. But the it's lip- funny. But like- <laughs> It's why? stupid, but why it's all it fun stupid? and games,
1: and that's it is what it is. It's so funny if you're listening to this. Like, go check it. Why is this relevant? And you were like, "Oh, it's six two six because it's yeah." I'll like, explain okay, it, bro. Okay, I get it. I'm like, if you go check out the TJW podcast,
0: yeah. if you go check out the TJW podcast Instagram, you'll see the most recent post, which is the pro- the promo yeah. material for this week's episode, which is Mina and I as Lilo and Stitch. And the reason I made it is because yesterday was six two six, the date. Which is what Stitch is, and my girlfriend is her favorite movie is uh, Lilo, I love and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch.
1: It's a great
0: movie. It's a fantastic movie, right? We watched it today, so I was like, you know what, bro, I gotta make a, an edit for us. And I was gonna have us as Pleakley and Jumba, but I didn't because I thought it would be better for us to be Lilo and Stitch. And initially, my reservation with I wanted to have us as Pleakley and Jumba was because I know you hate every time <laughs> we do an edit. I make you the girl but it's so funny like it's just it's become a gag and i think the edits are really good Like i don't th- i think that's one part of the podcast that is like criminally underrated
1: you still i think say the edit every week i don't know what the perception the top is top one,
0: so like yeah nothing can beat that so the top one yeah. one was it's awesome good. but all of them are like they're very like come on they're pretty freaking good yeah. right like they're just they're just a small little nugget of tjw but the amount of time I spend on them and the thought that goes into what the edit should be for the week, it's its literally meant for the sole purpose that someone's going to see it and be like, oh, fuck's it no, I fuck's sake. And then just like it. laugh.
1: Like all in all, I'm not not—I'm not too salty about it. Like I don't, like it, it is what it Lilo. is. It is what Lilo's it is. Lilo's wonderful. I love Lilo and Stitch. It's a great movie. I inspired my childhood. So, You're
0: jealous, bro. You just wish you were Stitch, right?
1: You wish I made you Stitch? I couldn't care less, bro. <laughs> 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 my main issue with this was like, how is this relevant to right, what we're right, talking right. about? Like,
0: the oh, players that need moves. What, <laughs> bro? Okay, let's find the segue. Players that need moves. I can't find one. I would take. No. I would have to make <laughs> many, many leaps. Time. I would have to find players. leaps. Yeah, they're, they're, it's quite complex. Like Phil I was gonna going to to save to it, it. Someone's when, name. <laughs> when I was gonna make it, I, when I was making it initially, I was like, should I save this for like a week that that I'm on vacation and just make it like a gone mm-hmm. on like holiday thing. Yeah. But then I'm like, no, I have this idea. I got to do it. I'm not starting over. Like, I got to finish this. Anyway, yeah, bro. Anyway, is there any other thing you want to add before we wrap up the show here?
1: Um, tap into your childhood, guys. Don't let don't let stupid edits take you away from your childhood.
0: <laughs> and that, that's it is what it is. You know, like bro, it's all fun and games. I should do more Disney ones. I think you throughout the summer we're Disney gonna ones. stick to Disney. I need more duos, though. Maybe I could do Andy and Buzz i Can later. make we're one make with us like. Oh, I'll make you Buzz on the beach. I can make us Anna and Elsa. Yeah.
1: We could bearded or, Anna. And Woody Elsa. and Buzz. Woody and Buzz is a good one. Woody and Buzz. Yep. Yeah. What else?
0: What other duos are there in Disney? There's so many. But I can't think of any off the top of my head. <laughs> Mulan and Mushu. There you go. You think people would get that one? If we take their heads out of it just by looking at the bodies, you think people would get that one? Yeah. All right.
1: I, I'm down being either of those. Mulan's a badass.
0: It's and true. Mushu, Mushu's it's...
1: Eddie Murphy. He's
0: hilarious. So There you go, bro. Good with that. I think Eddie Murphy is a good place to wrap it, right? Yeah. With that, we're going to wrap up episode number one hundred and forty-nine. Crazy, bro! Next week's one hundred and fifty. Madness. One hundred and fifty, dude. Crazy of the Jersey Wall podcast. As always, I've been your host, Mister Nathan Santos, aka Master Chef Nate, aka Coach, and that my co-host today has been Brethren FC, aka Mina, aka Pharaoh, aka, Ferrell, AKA Ferrell, Iron Pharaoh, and all the other monikers that we can think of, Brethren. Enough with the Twitter games. We've been playing this for far too long. Tell people your socials and where to actually find you on social media this week.
1: You know what? I remembered mm. that I was going to do that. So I'm opening Twitter now to find what my actual handle is. It's <laughs> Mina F. Gulley on Twitter. And then you can find me on Instagram at 98
0: Boom. You can find me on Instagram at the Nathan Santos, and everywhere else at MasterChefNate, including on YouTube for special bonus clips of the Jersey Wall podcast. And on tiktok where you can find tjw bites the fastest growing hashtag in the history of the internet don't forget to follow the jersey wall podcast on instagram at tjw podcast and please 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 guys if you enjoy the show we're gonna hit 150 share it with your friends tell somebody about it listen each and every week we love you we thank you so much for your support we will see you next time right here for episode 150 of the jersey wall podcast baby
1: Woo!